Here we go, folks. That is the sound to the bell of round number nine of fight number four. Pacific Coast Boxing. You know where you're at, folks. Here we go. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Ganchos al hígado. When in doubt, stick it out. Dudo, dudo, dudo. Alfonso Ruiz here, of course, with my partner, Rick Prado. What's up, Rick? Hey, how's it going, man? Just ready for this week? That's right. That's right, man. You're uh, back in town again, right? Mm -hmm. Right. No more, no more traveling since the previous week. Same here, back to work. Um, pretty interesting week, Rick, because we had a pretty big 154-pound uh, unification mm -hmm. fight that took place, right? And they kind of reminded us of all of the numbers that you have educated the fans on about how um, how unfrequent, infrequent it is, right, to yeah. have fights, especially in the four-belt era. Mm -hmm. um, it had never happened, apparently. And by the way, it still didn't. We still don't have a unified 154-pound champion, Rick. Yeah, no, it, it um we were close, but um, you know, the the, the decision came back as a draw. Yeah, it did. And we're going to talk about that because we have a whole segment on that. I've got a bone mm -hmm. to pick as usual, not with the fighters, Rick, but with the trainers. Yeah. With the trainer uh specifically one Derek James, mm -hmm. who I think needs to be held accountable uh for the game plan. Who else prepares the game plan for a fighter? Yeah. It's the trainer. Right, and and he needs to let them know, you know, when it's not going to plan. Yeah, exactly. Whatever the plan was, I mm -hmm. mean, you know, you think about the Super Bowls and um, the Seattle Seahawks, right? Passing the ball, not not running, right? That yeah. one, I forget what Super Bowl it was, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they should have given the ball to uh, Marshawn Lynch, and yeah. instead, you know, they try to throw for the for to the beast touchdown. mode, right? And and yeah. he gets held accountable for it, right? Yeah. Although I I love Pete. Um, Oh, gosh, what's his name? Pete, uh, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, USC, of course, won us a lot of national championships here. But that was a horrible decision, and he owned it, and he yeah. had to take accountability. You don't see that in boxing. Anyways, no. we'll, we'll talk about that because I think that it's not a fight that should have been nearly as close as it was. No. And there's a parallel also to the Four Kings, of course. Go figure. Just the way we do things, yeah. right? Um, by the way, Rick, I had an opportunity yesterday to watch uh, the original Rocky again. Okay. Like they're showing it over and over. You know, they show it on HBO or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I got to see you right. Not that you, not that I questioned mm -hmm. it, but I just didn't remember when, uh, yeah, when Joe Fraser was there uh, yeah. in the ring. He was the only fighter. He was the only guy that was brought into the ring. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because the announcer was even saying that, you know, there's so many celebrities and and all that other stuff, right? And and if I can remember, he either yeah. had a green suit on or a light blue suit. It was I, green. Yeah, yeah. It was a green. It yeah. was like a green, uh, yeah, blazer or something. Mm -hmm. That's what he had on. And by the way, you know, and the movie, you know, the movie was made in uh, 1975. Mm -hmm. So he was still, and, and he looked like all of it too, by the way. He was still very active at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, 1970, he had just finished fighting, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali. Um, in fact, uh, Muhammad Ali, he fought on 10-1. Um, Got to see when that movie came out. So that was right around where he was fighting uh, Muhammad Ali yeah. in the uh, in the thrill in Manila. Yeah, you know, and probably a lot of lot of parallels, you know, where, yeah. um, you know, you got Apollo Creed yep. as uh, Charlo mm -hmm. and uh, Rocky as uh, Castano. Yeah, no, that's exactly yeah. right, man. That's exactly right. But, yeah, he, um, I told you, he's the one that he says that he told Sylvester Stallone about hitting the meat. Mm -hmm. And by the way, watching that scene again with the meat, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I hadn't watched it in a while, but what's the deal with all the bloody hands? Were his hands bloody, or was that the blood from the meat? It's the blood from the meat. You yeah. Know, like, um, but you would think a lot of it would drain out. You know, yeah. wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Know, wouldn't start bleeding like that. Yeah, I don't no. think so. Yeah, that, no. that 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 didn't seem right to me. You know, <laughs> the other thing too, right? Which, and again, right? You gotta. This is why it's good to watch these movies over and over, Rick. Especially as fight fans. How did he get into the spectrum? I think the fight was at the spectrum, uh-huh. wasn't it, in Philadelphia? It's just, I guess it was just kind of open uh, for everybody to get in there. Yeah, because he goes in there the night before, right, uh-huh. just to kind of look around and kind of take in and, you know, soak in the whole scene. And then he noticed that he's wearing uh, the picture, yeah. had the wrong color trunks. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, who's in there? The ring announcer. Well, the other thing is, how do, you know, it's separate, but yeah. how does he get into that skating rink? Yeah. And the guy's like, hey, we're closed. Yeah, you know, yeah that's it's, true. It's, it's Thanksgiving yeah. or whatever day it was. <laughs> like, how do they get in? You know, and why is he there if it's closed and it's Thanksgiving? Yeah. I'll tell you one thing, by the way. And by the way, fans, I think you guys, if you haven't figured it out by now, we're huge Rocky fans, mm-hmm. is that movie and that fight scene, watching it over again, right, it was not as embellished as the Rocky two, three, four, five, sixes would become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with fight, you know what I mean. Like they actually tried to make that like a real fight, mm-hmm. right? And then as the movies went on, right, they got away from it and they understood like yeah. this is not a real fight. Then they tried to bring it back, but you know what I mean? Yeah, that you didn't have. Um, I think it was in. Uh, oh God, I think when he fought Drago. I mean, how many times would he go down? But he wasn't officially down. Yeah, and right. Then, you know, the, the the action would just keep going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah he just would keep going, kind of yeah. like the snap knockdowns. Right. <laughs> he's down. He's up. He's down. He's up. And they didn't do that. Right. This one, they tried to portray it as a real fight, and you know, he wasn't all you know baby oiled up. Yeah. Right. All cut up. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't. He actually looked like yeah. a regular club fighter, right? It wasn't until, I want to say, Rocky three, mm-hmm. definitely Rocky four, yeah. right? When he was completely baby-oiled and six-packed up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick, but see, we, we get off track on that easy. Round nine, Rick. This is round nine. Everyone knows we always talk about a memorable fight mm-hmm. uh, that resonates with us from our boxing um, history. And, Rick, my pull this time, it is no other than round nine when Oscar De La Hoya was knocked out by the executioner Bernard Hopkins, Rick. Yeah, you know, I remember this fight. um, You know, it was probably a huge mismatch. You know, uh, Bernard Hopkins, you know, he he fought most of his career at 160. Yep. Um, De La Hoya probably had no business going up. You know, as Felix Trinidad, you know, didn't have any business going up to 160 either. Yeah. To fight, um, <laughs> you know, who was the best middleweight of the era. Yeah. 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 Here's what's interesting, right? Um, I started looking at the numbers for Oscar De La Hoya. So that, by the way, that was in 2004. Um, you, you mentioned Felix Trinidad. So mm-hmm. Oscar De La Hoya lost, of course, to Felix Trinidad in 1999. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then from that fight in 1999 all the way to De La Hoya's last fight in 2008, there was 14 fights. Okay, so mm-hmm. 14 fights in between his first loss to Trinidad and then his last fight and last loss to Manny Pacquiao. During that time, Rick, De La Hoya was 8-6. and six. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, a couple losses in there. Well, one that wasn't a loss was the... Um the one against the guy from uh, England. Um, 
talking about the middleweight, the Felix Sturm? Or? Yeah, Felix Sturm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're saying you think Felix Sturm beat him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he probably did. But remember, mm-hmm. that that fight was the, the lead-in to Bernard Hopkins, mm-hmm. right? So that was his his test at middleweight. But it's interesting, right? And again, I, I, I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm going to lean on that it's good, right? Even yeah. though you look at 8-6 and six and you say, geez, that's mediocre. That's just about 500. But here's the names of, of who those six losses were too, right? Yeah. Manny Pacquiao. Floyd Mayweather Jr., Bernard Hopkins, Shane Mosley twice, and then Felix Trinidad. Yeah. So, I mean, a who's who, right? In yeah. fact, those guys are all Hall of Famers. All Hall of Famers, yeah. So, you know, and, but but now you look at the wins and you say, okay, well, who did you, who are the eight wins against? Well, here's why, you know, you could look at this very from a pessimistic point of view. Mm-hmm. Stevie Forbes, Ricardo Mayorga, okay, Felix Sturm, again, mm-hmm. used questionable, very questionable. Um Luis Ramon Campas, you know, our, our guy, yeah. y- Yori Boy, right? Um, and Fernando Vargas and Javier Castillejo. And Gotti. Gotti. And washed the Gotti. A washed up, yeah. undersized Gotti, right? And a Daryl Coley. Mm-hmm. So not exactly a who's who when you look at the – of those eight fighters that he won, yeah. I would say the only one um, would be Var- Fernando Vargas yeah. probably, yeah. right? That I would say – not only name recognition, but had some sort of you know, uh, of high proficiency level mm-hmm. that we would consider to be a, a really good fighter. Other than that, right? Yeah. And then you take out uh, Felix Sturm, who he probably did lose to. You know, his last and those fourteen fights, by the way, Rick, they span again from ninety nine to two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's let's just call it, it's almost his last ten years as a fighter. He was about five hundred. Yeah. Yeah, and then a lot of it, you know, he he was going from trainer to trainer. You know, I think he yeah. had Freddie Roach. Then he, he went to uh, Mayweather Senior. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, before that, of course, he beat Ovacar yeah. and I Corte and Julio Cesar Chavez. But I mean, so do you give him credit, Rick, for fighting, for taking on all those fighters? There's got to be a part of it. Yeah, right? you know, yeah, the credit for you know for for doing it. You know, I think that there's a lot of fighters nowadays that just won't do it. That's kind of what I uh, kind of what I settled on, man. As I was looking at this, right, and saying that you know he's is he already in the Hall of Fame, De La Hoya? Yeah, yeah, he, he was is, inducted right? same uh, same year as Trinidad. Okay, which makes sense. What mm-hmm. they show, what is it, five years in boxing that they they can't have a a fight or, or active or something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, I mean, you know, which is why, by the way, when De, De La Hoya. He he uh, he walks the talk, right? When he yeah. talks about how fighters need to fight the best and they need to put all the organizations and stuff aside, you look at his dossier, Rick, and he did it, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't afraid to put you know his his record up on the line, right? Whether it was the first loss against Trinidad or you know everybody else, Mosley, Hopkins, yeah. Mayweather, Pacquiao, you name it. Yeah. So I you know I I got to give him credit for that. No, and to be fair, you know I, I do think he. Um he won at least one of those Mosley fights. Oh, I think he won the second one yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. I think he won the second one. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good call out. He absolutely won yeah. the second fight. He lost when we go the, the other one. way, I got to go the other way too. You know, they gotta, yeah. you know I'll call it exactly yeah. how I see it. That's right. Right down yeah. the middle. Yeah. Yep. Down the middle Prado. No, and you're right. He did win the second fight. There's no, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Um, just like you beat Trinidad, but well, but that's no, no, what no. that's debatable. There, there's no agreement the, here. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The fight in question or the fight uh-huh. that we're called talking about the ninth round the ranchos the rancho aligado right mm-hmm. 
which was placed on him. Um, he was actually up on one uh, uh, one judge's scorecard, yeah. Rick. He was up 77-75, mm-hmm. down on the other two. Dave Moretti and Paul Smith had him down. So he was up, right, Yeah, with four rounds left, you know? No, Three. yeah, and they, you know, it was a you know, perfect shot. You yeah. know, got him. Um, you know, I think it was the only time he got stopped. Or no, the the Pacquiao fight. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, he kind of quit on the stool. You know, yeah. wasn't, you know, he, he didn't you know, knock it out. No, yeah, that was a true uh, a true mm-hmm. knockout in the sense of a knockout, yeah. of not being able to get up, writhing mm-hmm. on the canvas in pain, yeah. Rick. Um, all right, so here's what's coming up, Rick. We're going to we're gonna break down the Charlo Castaño fight. Um, we have our take on that fight, kind of how it went. Uh, I don't know what that does for the lock of the week because technically nobody won. Yeah. So I think you're safe. Yeah, I think it I think it goes to a push. Yeah, it goes yeah. to a push. It's yeah. a push. That's a, the dealer is going to knock yeah. and say, "Yeah, you take your money back, you know? <laughs> um if you impressed your bet to 5 bucks, you know, you take it back down to 250. Yeah. I don't know where you're going to find that table in Vegas anymore. But um in any event, Rick, we're going to break that down. I really want to very critical of the trainer, Rick, very critical yeah. of the strategy. And and I'll tell you, man, um, Charlo as well, but we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that. We do have some boxing news. There's some fights that are look like they're materializing. Yeah. This would have been the big Fury Wilder weekend. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know, because of COVID, we do, we don't have that. Um, but uh, would have been this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So not a big deal because there's still a lot of boxing going on. We got the Charlo Castaño fight. We got the boxing news. We got the stat of the week. We'll be right back, folks. Pacific Coast Boxing. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Um, I'll tell you what, Rick, and hopefully mm-hmm. people don't get tired of us talking about Rocky, but yeah, right after Rocky won, of course, they showed Rocky too. Okay. You know? Yeah. And you got to love, you know, remember how that one started? It basically showed the last round uh-huh. of uh, of the first fight. And then they're at the hospital. Yeah, then yeah. they're in the hospital. Yeah. Still in the robe. Yeah. By the way, Rocky's still <laughs> still in his still in his robe. And, is it, and yeah, from what I remember, yeah, his hands are still wrapped, right? Yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. everything. Yeah. He was still right there, still still in the hospital. Yeah, everything. Like as he just came out of the arena, like yeah. there was no chance, you know, that he could have changed or anything like that, man. And then remember when he he peeked into Apollo's uh, room, you know, mm-hmm. and he asked Apollo if uh, if he gave him everything. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, because remember they even both met, they clashed in the. Uh, in I don't know what it was and kind of the, in the hallway, in the hallway, you know, yeah. right? And he was Apollo was immediately demanding the rematch. And, you know? and he wanted to get up out of the out of the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, f- and finish it right there. Yeah. yeah, classic stuff, man. Yeah. All right, Rick. So let's talk about the Charlo uh, Castaño fight. Yeah. Um, so a lot of controversy, by the way, in the scoring. I don't have an issue with the scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I will say this, right? Um, I do think Castaño won the fight. Yeah. So let's just start there. I think Castaño won the fight, but I could also understand it being closer, right? Mm-hmm. The 117-111, I know a lot of people probably forgot uh, that on my mathematics, Rick, uh-huh. but remember I told you that if the difference between the one judge is more than 50%, um, then that's an issue. Then And in this case, it was, just yeah. so you know. So the two judges, one judge gave, um, you know, of course there was the 114, 114. Mm-hmm. So that was 6-6. Six, six. The other one was 7-5 or 5-6 uh, um, in favor of uh, uh, Castano yeah. with the 10-8 round. Anyways, when you take the difference, 
okay, which is five and a half rounds, and then to the nine rounds yeah. that Judge Vasquez gave to um, to Charlo. That's like a sixty-eight uh, percent difference. Mm -hmm. So that would meet my brilliant criteria, Rick, yeah. of saying that that judge was way off. If well, you're if you're if you're more than fifty percent off on the rounds, yeah, no, 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 yeah, I had I had huge issues with the, uh, you know, basically he gave Castano three rounds. Yes, that you know, was and, it. and that's you know that's yes. ridiculous. You know, I think yeah. um, at some point both uh, Steve Weisfeld and uh, Tim Cheatham yeah. had it. Um, what was it? Seven rounds to th to three, or yeah. seven rounds to two. Yeah. Um, you know, in Castano's favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's to exactly start off right. the fight. You know, right. it, it uh, all three judges gave the last three rounds yep. to Charlo. That's exactly yeah. right, and um. Wine, uh, uh, Steve Weisfeld, by the way, mm -hmm. he's the one that had, not that it would have mattered, but yeah. he, he gave the 10-8 round yeah. in round 10, which doesn't happen enough, by the way, right? No. And I'm doing a lot of reading, and folks are saying, well, that's fine, you know, more there should be mm -hmm. more of those. I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, it wouldn't have mattered because he still gave the fight to Castaño. Yeah. So yeah. he still had Castaño winning 114-113. That just would have made it, you know, 115 Right to one fourteen is all that would have done, yeah. and and I kind of agreed with that uh, yeah. ten eight round because that 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 yeah. was the one round where, you know, Charlo was was, um, you know, he had him hurt pretty but badly. But you've seen worse rounds, yeah. Than I've that, seen worse right? rounds than that were not yeah, scored ten happens, eight. Yeah. yeah, it's like literally the guy has to go down. Yeah. That's and, I mean that's why they have it in the rules. I just thought that that mm -hmm. was a little odd. Yeah, that he would give it ten eight. Yeah. Okay. So to me, by the way, that one is as much in question. Even though he gave it to uh, the, he gave the fight to yeah. um, to Castaño, I think that Steve Weisfeld should be said really. Like, why did you have to give that yeah. a ten eight? And I guess we would have to look at Steve Weisfeld's history of uh -huh. how many ten eight rounds he's ever given. Yeah. And then and then look at the rounds right mm -hmm. that he gave ten eight, and maybe more importantly, the rounds that he didn't give give 10 eight. didn't matter because he still had castaño ahead yeah so and, yeah so that wouldn't have made a difference and here's the thing if cheatham would have given him a, a, a 10 eight round mm -hmm. you know charlo wins the fight right charlo wins the fight yeah. that's it that's exactly right so um I, here's the thing i think they got it wrong no matter what yeah okay you know if you look on boxing rec right they have the whole deal where they have like uh you know a bunch of fans 108 fans mm -hmm. that submitted scores and and the average was uh, basically 115 to 112 for Castaño. Yeah. It's another one of those, right, where can you find in a 12-round contest, Rick, can you find seven rounds that Castaño won? And and you can. Yeah. Right? You can if you look. But I'm telling you, I'm okay with the draw because mm -hmm. I also don't think – I think that he was the busier fighter and, you know – it's a 10-point must system, unfortunately, because yeah. you can't give 9-9. Nine, nine. And I'm okay with the draw because uh, more than likely, you yeah. know, the public is going to demand a rematch, yeah. and, and we're going to get the rematch. And I and I think, um, you know, going into the fight, I, I think Charlo actually, you know, took this fight for granted, thought it yeah. was going to be an easy victory. Yeah. Uh, didn't come as prepared as he, as he should have. And I honestly do think he beats Castano pretty easy the next time. How does that happen, though, Rick? So how, yeah. do you, how do you go into a 154-pound historic unification bout mm -hmm. um, and and not prepare and underestimate your opponent, man? Yeah, uh, when 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 you're too busy, you know, with the um, you know the sunglasses, the glitz, the glamour, the yeah. you know the cars, and and, and um, you're too busy being Money Mayweather. Yeah, 
but not going in there and, and, and preparing and getting ready for the fight. Well, I'll tell you what, though, right? Kind of kind of like Apollo Creed, right? Yeah. Kind of like Apollo Creed and Rocky, even though he's Apollo Creed still eked out the, the mm-hmm. decision. Then, you know, this is why, Rick, I have a bone to pick. I mentioned it in the opening. This is why I have a bone to pick with the trainer. Isn't that when the trainer's supposed to kind of bring you back into reality? Yeah. Right? It's supposed to say, okay, they, it kind of kind of ground you, right? Yeah. And level set you and say, hey, look, this kid's for real, right? This kid can fight, right? He's very busy. Mm-hmm. Talk about punches and bunches. That's his staple, right? Yeah. And then you come up with a strategy and a game plan as to how you are going to effectively stymie the other opponent's strengths, mm-hmm. okay? So it reminded me of another fight, Rick, okay? I somehow always find an angle to go back to the Four Kings, right? Yeah. But it, when I watched these guys, I didn't realize how big the size difference was going to be. Yeah. Did you notice the size difference? Uh, no, not, no. Well, not until the weigh-in. And when, yeah. when, when I saw him and I said, you know, there's there's a huge height difference between the two. Yeah. I mean, Castaño's five seven and a half, if you believe that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlo's listed at 5'11", okay? When I saw these guys, right, you know, right at round one when it started, it reminded me of Tommy Hearns and Roberto Duran, Rick. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, okay, they also fought 37 years ago. They fought at 154 pounds, yeah. right? P- p- pretty weird. Hearns was 6'1", Duran 5'7", yeah. right? So the advantage, right, and let's talk about that. Tommy Hearns, the height, the reach, the strength, the power, everything, right? All of the advantages were with Hearns. Yeah. Of course, his trainer, the great Emmanuel Stewart. So what kind of a game plan did they have against an opponent that of all of 5-7, Rick? The game plan was simple. You were the predator, right? Yeah. You go out, you stick the jab out, you pump the jab out, you eventually land the right hand, and you get Duran out of there, which he did, of course, in round two. You could say bad matchup all day long, which it was, but you make it a bad matchup, Rick, by having mm-hmm. the right strategy. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's look at Saturday's fight. Same thing. I'm looking at this guy, Charlo, 5'11", this little guy. He looks like a little Mighty Mouse. Yeah. His arms, know, I don't even think could, they could barely even reach. Really stocky, you know, really, um, you know, just just thick, you know, not not really cut up. You know, he was in good shape. Yeah. But uh, kind of reminded me of a, of a bigger uh, Carlos Baldemir. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. And, and yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And so... Okay, Rick. So what I just said about Leonard or Leonard of what I, about Hearns and Duran, and and the great Emmanuel Stewart. So now I've got a fighter five eleven. Yeah. Height advantage. Okay. Strength reach advantage. advantage. Reach advantage. Yeah. Everything advantage. Everything. Quick advantage. advantage yeah. Right. There's nothing. So you're Derek James, Rick, and you sit there watching videos and tapes, and so your game plan is sit back in the corner, and let the little man Castano. Come in, and then hopefully you catch him with the left hook, and then you put him out. Yeah, that's the strategy. Uh, you know, and it seems like you know you looked at their last his last three fights. You know, he won them all by knockout, and that could have been the strategy. I'm going to hit him with something, and knock him out. And sometimes you're going to get a guy in there you're not going to be able to knock out. That's exactly yeah. right, Rick. That's exactly right. You know, Jamal Char- Charlo likes to say that you know in this weight class, right? He's got a lot mm-hmm. of power. Right. And and he does. Like you said, he knocked out Jason Rosario, Tony Harrison, George Cotto. Yeah. And by the way, that's how we lost to Tony Harrison, by the way, yeah. by being a little bit too um, a little bit too timid, a little bit too much on the defense. Right. Because he relies. But here's the thing. 
when you're fighting guys, what, you know, Harrison and Rosario, that a little bit more your size, that's a little different. You have every advantage against this yeah. guy, Castaño. You have to be the aggressor. Six-inch reach advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Six-inch reach advantage. Think about that, right? But what does he do? He's basically fighting this peekaboo style mm -hmm. in the corner. The only opportunity that Brian Carlos Castaño, the Argentine, okay, whose country just won the Euro Cup, yeah. right? The only opportunity he has to make this a game fight is to be able to back him up, get inside, and throw a lot of combinations inside. Yeah. It's the only opportunity, because he's not going to do it in the middle of the ring. Mm -hmm. There's just no way. Like yeah. we said, six-inch reach, uh, you know, a foot, you know, a, a shorter, slower, everything. And so what does Charlo and the great Derek James trainer do? Strategize to utilize Castano strengths. Yeah. It just you, it, the you watch the fight it just didn't make uh, a lot of sense they you know they didn't um they didn't adjust I think the the only adjustment that happened was Castaño started to get tired at the end. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Otherwise yeah. all you did is you allowed Castaño to do a couple of things. A, you allowed him to build confidence, mm -hmm. right? You allow a fighter first, second, third, fourth rounds, all of a sudden and of course as he's building confidence, he's also winning rounds, yeah. right? All of a sudden, you start to think, you know what? I've got a shot, yeah. right? I've got a shot. And that's why from the very beginning, go back to Duran and Hearns again, it was very obvious round one that Duran had no shot, Rick. <laughs> okay? It was very obvious that he had yeah. no shot and this was going to be a short night. And that is what you need to do when you have a fighter completely outgunned physically like yeah. Castaño, you have to immediately let him know that this is a mismatch, yeah. right? And it is going to be an uphill battle the whole way. And, and, and you completely, um, you, you just like, you take the wind out of, of the other fighter of your opponent's sails, yeah. Rick, right? You just kind of deaden their spirit. But when yeah. you start hanging back in the corner and on the ropes and just eating punches, I mean, he ate a beautiful. Yeah. I'm surprised that Charlo didn't go down from that left hook. Yeah, you know, it, it was, um, you know, and a lot of other fighters were, were critical of um, Jamal Charlo. Mm -hmm. You know, it um, Terence Crawford. Yeah, you know, said that this is, this is the exact reason why he's not in the top pound pound for pound yeah. where he feels like he should be, but performances like this keep him out. Yeah, he's right, although Crawford yeah. has no credibility yeah. either, right? <laughs> but he, he's, he's right about that. Yeah. Um, it, like I said, it was just, it, it was odd. Again, I give him credit, and of course, Derek James, in mm -hmm. the end, tells him, you know, you need a knockout. Yeah. Right? Okay, that's good. That was good advice, right? What he didn't finish saying is, you need a knockout because of my horrible game plan that I yeah. put together, right? That's why. And it was like, you know, when, when did he start telling him, hey, you're losing this fight? Yeah. You know, if, if it was just the very last round, you know, then then there's issues. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah. I mean, I heard him in the end. At least you got to hear, Rick. I know mm -hmm. you're a big on one and you hear what the corner's saying. Yeah. So, so at least at least we did hear that. Yeah. Now, that being said, I do give Charlo credit, right, for having the sense of urgency and recognizing that he needed to close the show. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, he almost had him out in the 10th. Right. Um, and then he kind of put the pressure on. But there's no reason why he couldn't do that. Now, here's the thing. Right. The, the risk, of course, is when you come out a little bit more aggressive and when you try to control the ring, there's a chance that you may get hit, Rick. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. And so there's that, right? And so I'm walking away from this saying, 
is that what Charlo is? Is he a fighter that's just – I get it, right? I, I don't, I'm not talking that he's got to turn into Arturo Gatti yeah. and turn this into a slugfest, but he doesn't have to turn it into a slugfest no. against this guy that he's got every advantage. He could jab, 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 hook to the body, right to the body, right to the head. He can put this guy out without putting himself at risk. Yeah, not, We're not talking about a firefight in the middle of the ring. No, yeah, you, use use your advantages and, and, and get this guy out of there. You know, if not, it should have been, you know, a unanimous decision in, in his favor, you know, blowing this guy away. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, again, I, I give him credit because I'm also reading and hearing a lot about, you know, Charlo's heart and how <laughs> he was able to come back and win those last three rounds. I'll give him that. I'm not sure if I'm, uh, I'm going to give him the fact that he has heart yeah. because if he has heart, then why didn't he come out round one? And just solidify yeah. himself and say this 154 pound, because here's the thing, Rick. This was an opportunity for it for him to be a statement fight. Yeah, he wants to be considered amongst the pound for pound. You come out right, and you completely throttle this guy. Yeah, and you know he he would have made history. You know, unified champion at 154. Yeah, you know, for, I think first person to do it um, at 154, and you know, fortunately, you know, they, their training motto. Is, yeah. you know, Lions only. Right. You know, Lion doesn't get a draw with Brian Castano. That, that's exactly right. That's a great point, Rake. No, yeah. no, a Lion is is the the very top predator, yeah. right, out in the Serengeti, Rick. Yeah. And there is, yeah, there's no excuse for that. Like I said, greatness was right there, Rick. It yeah. was right there, served up on a silver platter for this guy, man. All he had to do is go take it, is be aggressive, especially when he got rocked, you mm-hmm. know, in the early rounds with that left hook. When he got rocked, that's when it's like, okay, it's game on. Yeah. I'm going to have to take this guy out. Mm-hmm. Then, right, now you start building legacy, right? Yeah. Little guy comes in, rocks him. He polishes him off, finishes him off in five rounds. Yeah. Right? 150, but he didn't. No. He let it slip away. Yes, I'll give him credit. He fought the last three rounds very valiantly. But you know what, Rick? He had to. Yeah. Right? It wasn't because he wanted to. No. That was simply out of survival. Yeah. And, and you know, it just... Um, it's just unfortunate. I think, you know, maybe he, he felt if I can get to, uh, you know, a decision, you know, I think I told you before the fight, yeah. you know, the Charlo was up for, for nothing. Yeah, you, you did. Know, to, That's exactly to start right. the fight, uh-huh. you know, so, you know, maybe he felt the same right. way and felt, you know, if I can just get to the end of the fight, yeah. you know, the judges are going to see it my way. Yeah, and so that's why I'm saying, you know, the whole thing about, you know, all everybody's talking about is uh, – is the judging and Vasquez, yeah. right? And how could he, you know, the 117, 111. What everybody really needs to be talking about is what you mentioned about what Crawford was saying is about what a lousy performance, mm-hmm. um, not only Charlo, yeah. but his trainer, Derek James, what a lousy game plan yeah, no. he put together. Hey, listen, like uh, we were talking about in the earlier segment, Pete Carroll decides to throw the ball instead of giving it to beast mode to run the ball in. Yeah. All of these, all of these coaches, right? Coaches get fired for bad decisions, mm-hmm. right? And yet in boxing, um, we don't really hear about it. We don't really hear any of the flack coming back to the trainer saying, "Wait a minute, was this the game plan?" And if it was, why? Yeah. Right? At what point did anybody think that it was a good idea, right, to sit back in the corner against a small five-seven guy when you've got every physical attribute advantage available to you, man? Yeah. And this could just be what he what he does, you know. When he lost that first one to Harrison, where he shows up, you know, overconfident, loses, 
you know, then he gets a rematch, you know, the next fight or the next fight, and then blows the guy away. Well, he, yeah, and more than likely he will, yeah. right? More than likely he will, but I don't think it'll be the same now. Mm-hmm. That's You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It won't be the same. He had the opportunity to do it yeah. right here. Um, you know, But again, right, do I think Castaño won? He probably did. Yeah. Okay, he probably did. But even, you know, even from Castaño's perspective, he did everything that he could have to won the fight, which is pressure, get inside, throw as many punches as possible. Mm-hmm. But it's not like some of those rounds, other than the one or two, it's not like he was hurting Charlo either, man. Yeah, no. He was just a busier fighter mm-hmm. because Charlo was allowing him to be, right? So it's not like Charlo was getting his ass kicked either. No. Right? Yeah. It's just because what, you know, the Charlo's bogus game plan. <laughs> so I don't know, man, you know. Because I'll tell you what, you know, now I would have liked to have seen Castaño win and then have him fight my guy Jared Hurd. Yeah, you know, and um, I think the other guy they're throwing out there is um, Tim Zhu. Yeah, I think he wants the he's the mandatory for um, Castaño's belt. Yeah, and who knows if that's going to be enforced or not? Yeah, I'll tell you the fight that would be really interesting, Rick, is uh, Brian Castaño against. Sebastian Fundura. Yeah, there. You know, how'd you like to see the towering inferno? Towering what what inferno. is he? Six six. Yeah, against five seven. Five seven. Literally a whole foot taller. <laughs> how he couldn't even be able to reach him. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, let's just here's the hoping that Fundura doesn't try to fight him on the inside. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, but Fundura. Yeah. Uh, Fundura, by the way, unlike Jermel Charlo, yeah. he actually likes firefights. Yeah. He mixes it up, and <laughs> right. He's the kind of the same thing. He doesn't use his bandage enough. Anyways, folks, there you go. There's the Charlo Castaño fight. Um, I loved, by the way, that a lot of people are talking about it. So it did deliver as far as being controversial, Rick. It delivered as far as, and it was a good fight. Um, there's a couple of the fights on that undercard. I think we'll talk about them after the break. Um, they were actually pretty decent. In fact, they were really good. Um, anyways, we'll be right back, boxing news, and then talk about the rest of the card, Pacific Coast Boxing. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado. All right, Rick, let's uh, round out the rest of that card, and then let's talk about the boxing news because there is some stuff going on, man. Yeah. So we had uh, Rolly Romero you know, yes. in, in a seventh-round knockout over yes. uh, Anthony Vigil. Yes. Um, he was a late replacement, um, and um, you know, Rolly Romero, he looked impress- impressive in this fight. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of the guy that kind of presents himself as like that uh, that classic heel in wrestling, mm-hmm. man. You know what I mean? Talks a lot of crap, uh-huh. a little dirty. Even this one, he got a point taken away. Yeah. Didn't matter. He ended up knocking the guy out, you know, um, right after the fight. He's promoted by Mayweather, by the way. Yes. So he, right after the fight, he was calling out, you know, Tank Davis. Tank Davis. Yeah. <laughs> I want Davis, you know. What's interesting though, right? So, um, but he's at he's 135, uh-huh. and so he's ranked. Uh, he's the number one ranked in the WBA. Yeah. Okay. So he would be in line. Well, you know, the WBA of course has the interim. Teofimo Lopez, of course, as we know, is the de facto 135 pound yeah. king. But Davis has a piece of it, and then of course, you know, Roman Andre, whatever. But I don't know, you know. But I'll tell you what. He's an interesting character in boxing, and I like him for that. Yeah, no, he's been calling out um, Ryan Garcia for 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 years now. That's right. That's exactly you know, right. So, That's uh, right. That's you know, right. If 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 he can, you know, keep winning fights, you know, he's yeah. gonna be right there in the mix, and yeah. and uh, you know, you want to be there in the one thirty five, one forty range. Yeah. 
you know, because there's there's a lot of fight, good fights to be yeah. made there. And that would be great, by the way. I, yeah. I mean, I would love to see that fight. Yeah, that's the guy that's mm-hmm. been calling out, Ryan Garcia. Love the guy. Love to see that fight. Yeah. Right. Um, just imagine the 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 lead in going into that fight. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even know if we need to see Javante Davis fight this guy yet. Uh, maybe he's probably not ready yet. No, not um, yet. Not you know, yet. and and I don't know why you would put you know two of your highest prospects against you know each he other. He wouldn't. They yeah. wouldn't, Rick. They wouldn't. Mayweather yeah. would never do it. Yeah. And I think at some point, although you know he's obviously they don't have him on a short enough leash, mm-hmm. right? But I'm pretty sure, <laughs> right? Mayweather would like to put a muzzle on him. Cut his mic. Right, but yeah. you're not. It's not going to happen because it's like, hey, Mayweather, this is who you were, yeah. right? And that's I'm sure what Mayweather is looking at, but. The kid's talented. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he you know he has a he has character, right? Yeah. He he makes it fun, and so I, I'm 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 good with it, man. We need we need more characters like this in boxing. Mm-hmm. So I, I I like it. I don't but, like the dirty stuff. Yeah. But you know what? Puts him on the map. Why not? And he he was there. You know, the last time we were at the fights at the Dignity Sports. Yeah. You know, taking pictures of the fans and everything. Seems yeah. like a you know yeah nice guy. I know who you're talking about yeah. now. I think you had called him out yeah. as far as who that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. We'll have to hit him up next time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'd be more than willing to come on. Yeah. <laughs> the other fight, by the way, Rick, was the uh, really good middleweight fight. It was the uh-huh. third fight that they showed, uh, Vidal against Aleem. It was a middleweight fight. Uh-huh. Vidal was kind of like the young up-and-comer. But I'll tell you what, man, Aleem gave him all he could handle. Great middleweight fight. Mm-hmm. Action-packed. Is one of those phone booth type fights. Um, I, I gotta tell you, man, I don't know what kept Aleem up for twelve rounds, but then at the same time, um, I don't know what kept Vidal up. I mean, what a fight! Yeah, like, uh, Vidal ended up getting the decision, but that was very entertaining. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry I missed that. I'll probably go back and I'll, I'll watch that one. Yeah, yeah, that was a good card though. Mm-hmm. Like that whole card, I gotta say, was pretty good. Yeah. They had some very competitive fights. That you know, Vidal and Aleem easily, easily could have been a main event. On on just a regular car, mm-hmm. like you know, uh, Omega Productions or something. Yeah, you know, seriously, like that. That was yeah. that was a good fight, very good fight. Um, and okay, so for upcoming for this weekend, um, it's it's slim pickings this weekend because the uh, Fury Wilder was supposed to be on this weekend, so they probably didn't put you know too many fights, yeah, you know, against it. Yep, that's exactly uh, right. So you got Joe Joyce against. Uh, Carlos Tecom for the yeah it's a WBC eliminator yeah yeah and and um, by the way uh, Joe Joyce uh, heavy favorite yeah heavy favorite in the ninety eight ninety nine percentile okay. okay it's really a fight about uh, remember Joe Joyce is the one who who upset Daniel Dubow mm-hmm. okay um, this is really about how impressive Joe Joyce is going to look against Carlos Tecom, who's yeah. really more of a journeyman, right? He's mm-hmm. been a, a who's who as far as who's beaten him, yeah. right? I mean, Alexander Povatkin knocked him out back in 2014. Joseph Parker beat him in 12 rounds. Uh, he lost to D- Joshua. He was TKO'd in 10. Derek Chichor, uh TKO'd him in round 8, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so the question is, how impressive can Joe Joyce look against him? Yeah, so it, it'll be a, you know, a look great type of fight. Um, That's what it's supposed you know, to be. For... Really, this is the only fight. So you know, we'll go ahead and make it the lock of the week. The lock Joe of the Joyce, week. <laughs> you know, by knockout. You shouldn't get this one wrong, Rick. Yeah. This, this, yeah, I think you're safe going with the, the Joseph, the Juggernaut Joyce. Yeah. By the way, and only I say only 35 years old. By the way, Rick, 12 and 0 as a heavyweight. Only his 13th fight. Oh wow. 
That's why it was kind of a surprise to folks yeah. when he beat Daniel Dubow. But you've got him as your lock of the week. Lock of the week. 91% knockout ratio, Rick. I think mm-hmm. he knocks out Carlos Takem. I don't think you're wrong. And by the way, you know, back to the Charlo Castaño fight, if you remember, I called a late knockout in that uh-huh. fight. I was assuming that he was going to stalk Castaño the way yeah. that Hearn stalked Duran, not cover up uh-huh. in the corner. If I would have known that. Then he, he was going to start like he finished. Yeah. yeah. I mean, give me a break, man. All right, Rick, what else we got? Um, so for the news, we've got, um, you know, for the uh, Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley. Yeah. The co-main event is going to be Amanda Serrano okay. versus Yamileth Mercado. Yeah. Um, this will be, uh, you know, for women's boxing, you know, Serrano's, you know, could be, it's either her or Katie Taylor. Yeah. You know, the the best woman in boxing. Yeah. Maybe Clarissa Shields as well. Yeah. But uh, this will be a champ versus champ fight. Yeah, that's a good fight. And I'm mm-hmm. glad, hopefully, uh, Amanda Serrano gets some playtime there as far mm-hmm. as being an actual co-main event headliner. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that one. And so that, that's going to be August 29th. Um on September 4th on the zone it'll yeah. be Mauricio Lara the Josh Warrington yeah. fight uh, their second fight yeah uh, that'll be in England as well yeah and on that undercard will be Katie Taylor versus Han yeah so here's to hoping that you know Serrano Katie Taylor both win their fight yeah and you know this will lead to you know Maybe early next year, a fight between the two. Yeah, that one is, again, that's the fight that a couple years in the making, mm-hmm. it was almost made, and then a bunch of contractual issues. They've got to make that fight, yeah. right? And, you know, the, they're both going to say that they want to make the fight, but then mm-hmm. it comes down to the, you know, the the promotion, the promoters, yeah. et cetera. That, that's for not only all of boxing, but obviously for women's boxing. Yeah. That is just big, mm-hmm. and that's got to happen. The Laura Warrington fight, I'll tell you, man, Josh Warrington was my guy. Yeah. Right. I mean, I love the guy. Right. Love the way, you know, um, love how he fought. Um, inactive, gets knocked out by Lara, an immediate rematch. Right. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to see. Right. The think the, the, the thought process there is Warrington obviously took him lightly. This was just a stay busy fight. And boy, did it go the other way. Yeah. Right. I mean, he was knocked out. He was thrashed in that fight. Mm-hmm. Rick. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was out badly. They should have stopped that fight much earlier. It went all the way, memory serves, I think all the way to round nine, but they should have stopped that, I think, in like round four. Yeah. Warren, so, Warrington was out. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he's able to bounce back. You know, I, I thought they might give him a, a tune-up fight, but, um, you know, they're going right back at it. Yeah, and seeing if you remember right, I was actually looking for Emmanuel Navarrete to fight Josh Warrington. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was looking for, yeah. right? Um, but of course, Josh Warrington loses, so now he's got to kind of make his way all the way back up. Um, but of course, if he beats him, he's back to being the champion again, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's at the 126 pound division, of mm-hmm. course. So um, that's good. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to those fights. Um, maybe not look, looking forward to this one as much Sergio yeah. Martinez versus Brian Rose. Yes. This one's also uh, September 18th. This yeah. will be in Spain. Sergio Martinez is 46 years old. Brian Rose, 36. And for some odd reason, Sergio Martinez is number three by the WBA. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, I, I, I find it um, a little perplexed that you're not looking forward to this fight, Rick. Yeah. It's the number, thir- you know, number three ranked middleweight mm-hmm. in the WBA, my favorite uh, boxing organization, Rick. Right? Yeah. Ranked three, Sergio Maravilla Martinez. <laughs> That's such a dang joke, man. Yeah. Do you know who he's in front of? 
in the WBA? It, it looked, yeah, Jaime Munguia? Yeah. 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 He's right above Jaime Munguia. All right. And, and how, do, you know, how long, how many years was he dormant for? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Sorry, Martinez, like several years, right? Yeah. Between fights, certainly between any fight of, of any meaning, of any substance. And here and here's what's wrong with the sport, man. Yeah. Like if you want to know what's wrong with boxing, there it is, right? Yeah. Simple politics that the guy can come back and just like when Chavez would move up divisions and not <laughs> fight, and the WBC, of course, would rank him number one or the <laughs> mandatory. Yeah. Garbage. No, yeah, this is ridiculous. And then you know they just need to give him, you know, feed him to uh, Chris Eubank Jr., who's ranked one. Yeah. And 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 let's be done with it. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, they got who do they got? They got Murata as their champion. Yeah. And he gets thrashed by Murata or Erzlandi Lara. Yeah. I don't know though. You know what? I don't yeah. know. I think that's what they're doing because, you know, Murata is a, is a busy puncher, mm-hmm. but not much defense. So yeah. depending on how he looks, who knows? Yeah, there, there wasn't much left in that knee though. You know, ten years ago. Yeah. You know, for for Martinez. We'll see. Yeah. Um, the Teofimo Lopez uh, Cambosas fight yeah. um, doesn't look like it's going to happen. You know they they want to move it to Australia uh, and have it uh, August fourteenth. So Teofimo may um, give that title away. Yeah, and not do that fight. Yeah, and and um, I don't know, right? We don't know all the specifics, but uh, but I'm going to agree with them. We all know, yeah. right? The de facto 135 pound champion is. Uh, Teofimo Lopez, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what you know, what you believe in, or what you know, what what organization he just yeah. is, and so it's just it's interesting that they're making it that difficult. Obviously, it's a money thing. You're saying, yeah. right? Yeah, no, yeah. I think um, Triller wants to recoup some of that five million that they they put out for this fight. Um, they don't feel like they're going to get it. The, the only way to get some of that money back is to put it in uh, Cambosos' uh, country. And right. uh, probably have a bigger venue yep. and make some of that money that way. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I mean, look at all the people that Tim Zoo draws over yeah. there, right? So you could just imagine, right? And uh, and it's against, you know, the legitimate 135-pound mm-hmm. champion. So so be it. We'll see if the IBF or somebody steps in yeah. to, to stop that, right? But, you know— like anything, money talks. You know, you throw a couple extra million. You know, maybe he goes out there, and and he could be. That's a good point, Rick. He could just be posturing, right? Yeah. He could just be posturing. You're right. If they say, okay, yeah, how about the the universal lubricant, Rick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they throw <laughs> another three, five million. Yeah. Guess what? You know, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what they say. They say something like that, Rick. Um, and we've got uh, Andy Ruiz. It looks like Andy Ruiz versus uh, Luis um, Ortiz yeah. in September. Yeah, they're looking to have that that fight. Um, looking forward to that one. You Man, know, I, I like that, that one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. You know, ho- here's you know hoping you know Vegas, you know somewhere in California. Yeah. You know, we would love to have it. Uh, you would think. Yeah. You would think, man. I'll tell you, you know, and again, you know, the Ortiz, the boogeyman mm-hmm. of the heavyweights, give Deontay Wilder credit, yeah. right? He's the only one that's fought him twice, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody else seems to avoid him. And so I think that this is a good fight, by the way, for Andy Ruiz to yep. solidify himself as a heavyweight, mm-hmm. right? The Chris Ariola fight, we've talked about that one. Kind of a lackluster performance, yeah. right? He won, but he was supposed to win. Just wasn't very impressive. Maybe we got to give more credit to Chris, you know, the nightmare mm-hmm. Ariola. But still, this would be a fight, right? Is If he's able to knock out Ortiz, that's a pretty big statement. Yeah. Because Ortiz, he really is a beast. He is mm-hmm. King Kong Ortiz. I, man, I would love that fight. You're saying that's September? September, yeah. Yeah, that would be really good. Yeah. 
Um, we've also got, uh, we don't know the opponents yet, but Linares is looking at uh, fighting in October. Yeah. And uh, pretty soon Daniel Roman uh, is going to announce his next fight. El Nino de Oro. Yeah. Jorge Linares, right? Yeah. It's his nickname, Rick. Kind of like the golden boy, mm-hmm. but in Spanish. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm a big fan of Linares. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he still has some, some fights left in him. Um, I think that he, um, he gave, uh, who was it? Devin Haney, right? Yeah. Um, a heck of a fight, Mm -hmm. rocked him in the end, right? Started a little bit late, but where is he in his career, right? We know he's not at the peak. The question is how far down the other side is he, Rick? Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see, you know, he looked, he, I was impressed with him the, the last fight. Yeah. And, um, you know, hopefully he gets a, a good opponent where, uh, you know, he can get back in that title hunt. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing, though, man. I mean, there's a guy that can fight uh, Rolando Romero. Yeah. Right? He's right there in the 135-pound mm-hmm. division. I just don't know. Like I said, I just don't know, uh, you know, how many more miles yeah. are left, Rick. Right? Because it took him a while to get started, and he was getting hit. So, yeah, how many more miles does he have on there? Yeah. You know, I don't know. It. Uh, you know, here's, here's a good fight. You know, maybe put him in there with uh, Ryan Garcia. Well, See how it goes. Well, that's what was supposed to happen yeah. before, right? And Ryan Garcia, who knows what happened? They're all in the same camp now, right? What about a JoJo Diaz, man? Yeah, JoJo, JoJo Diaz, Diaz is really making, you know, with this last fight, you know, against a Fortuna, all of a sudden yeah. a name at the 135 pound division. I'll be honest with you, I think Lenars beats JoJo Diaz. He probably does, you know. And but I do like, you know, I, I I don't know if I was as big a fan of JoJo Diaz, but now he's willing to fight anybody. Yeah, you yeah. Know, where a lot of the guys in this division, 135, they really don't want to fight one another. Yeah, he's not messing around. Yeah. He's not messing around, and I got I got to give him credit. Yeah. He's calling people out, and he's actually fighting them. Mm-hmm. So why not? Yeah, would love to see it. Yep. Um, we'll finish with the uh, Thompson Promotions. You know, they're going to be yes. back at the uh, Omega Sports Very nice. in Corona. Yes. Uh, August 14th. Beautiful. You know, one of our favorite uh, venues. 20 minutes away, Rick. Uh-huh. I think it's like four exits down the road. Yep. They convert that kind of that whole parking lot into a boxing uh, uh, event, boxing arena there. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. One of those things, I don't even care who's fighting. Yeah. They do have a good staple of fighters, or stable, I should say. Um, Danny Roman. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. run into Danny Roman there. Yeah. That'll be cool, man. August 14th. We, we, we got to check that out. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Yep. All right, folks, that is the Boxing News. Rick, we'll be back with the stat of the week, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. We'll be right back because it goes boxing. So there it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado. Rick, you gave us the lock of the week. Mm-hmm with um joe joyce yeah right i think that's pretty safe one this time right Uh i think the uh you know the charlo castano was a little bit closer i told you it was close i mean they they was he was at minus 370 so he was like at 70 percent and and there was a lot of money you know early money was going castano and then by the end a lot of late money was going on charlo yeah yeah that's right had we have known yeah the the you know the wonderful strategy and game plan Mm -hmm. um Anyways, Rick, stat of the week. What do we got? Stat of the week. So um, they were mentioning the uh, four belt era. And, yes. um, you know, Jermel Charlo, you know, he was going to be one of um, a handful of people. 
that were going to be able to say that they were four belt champions, you know, in the four belt era. You know, yes. the, the previous ones, Bernard Hopkins, Jermaine Taylor, Terrence Crawford, uh, Alexander Usyk, and Josh Taylor. Yes. Um, so when was the fourth belt, you know, recognized as by the other, you know, three sanctioning bodies the last one was the wbo yeah and it was 2004 wow and so that was the year that bernard hopkins won all four belts yes and uh, he was the first person to be uh, known as um a four belt you know title holder interesting yeah because they the wbo came into existence actually in mm -hmm. the late 80s back in 88 yeah. right and so so what you're saying is it may have started in 88 mm -hmm. but it took the other sanctioning bodies to recognize they, they had to get their blessing. Had to get their blessing, yeah. yeah. And just like I said earlier, Rick, with the universal lubricant, which is money, <laughs> wonder how much that cost the WBO, uh -huh. right, to be recognized by the WBC yeah. and others, right, as, as actual champions. Well, I think the, the you know it took the IBF at least three years, you know, because they didn't fully recognize them until 2007. No kidding. Yeah, so, you know, it took, uh, you know, maybe they're holding out for more money. So, okay, but wait, but if the IBF didn't start till 2007, uh -huh. but you're saying Hopkins had all but, four belts in 2004. But I think the other ones, yeah, the other ones kind of gave the blessing and then, you know, the full blessing wasn't until I see. 2007. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's crazy. Again, yeah. right, it, it's, it's a, you know, and like you said, so then it was Hopkins in 2004 mm -hmm. and then Jermaine Taylor in 2005. Right. Yeah. And then you got to go all the way to 2017 till Terrence Crawford at the 130 pound weight. Yeah. And then 2018 with uh, Alexander Usek at the cruiserweight division. Yeah. And then, of course, recently Josh Taylor, 140. Yeah. Um, it would have said 2021, 154 pound. Right. Yeah. Um, Brian Castaño or Jermel Charlo didn't happen. Didn't happen. Because Jermel Charlo decided to fight a very defensive kind of in his shell, right, mm -hmm. in the corner, which didn't make any sense at all. Yeah. I, you know, the thing is, right, I'm still not, and I know you agree with this, there's still too many sanctioning bodies. Yeah. Um, you know, I was looking at some of the rankings. Um, I don't know if you ever checked out the, um, the, uh, the Ring Magazine, of course, always has their, you know, their rankings, mm -hmm. which are very similar to the transnational boxing rankings. Okay. So the transnational boxing rankings is basically a group of journalists, reporters, boxing aficionados that kind of has their own rankings. Um, very close to the Ring magazine, though. Yeah. Right. But but at least there's at least there's one in that sense, right? Mm -hmm. And there's not the the whole multiple you know multiple champions. Um, when you look at their pound for pound list, right. They have uh, nothing but quotes from great fighters, right? So they have Muhammad Ali saying, if I was a man of power in boxing, i make one organization. No yeah. WBA or WBC. I'd have one championship. Um, uh, uh, Marvis Marvin Hagler, he says, I hope that before I pass, they restore this game and bring it back to only one champion in yeah. the world. Floyd Mayweather, of course, he said this, uh, I think it was late last year. He says, belts are like a fighter winning an amateur trophy. Everybody's a champion. Yeah. Everybody has a belt. This is not good for the sport of boxing. Mm -hmm. Bob Foster, back in 1974, says, I still think I can lick any light heavyweight in the world, but it's too much of a mental thing to fight the WBA and the WBC, too. And then you've got 
Greg Page, an old heavyweight, 84, says, every darn heavyweight in the United States has a title. <laughs> and then the last, the great Eddie Futch, he says, back in the 30s and 40s, we had eight world champions that we recognized. There was a great deal of respect attached to those titles. Yeah. No, yeah, and, and I think um, the um, mixed martial arts has it where, you know, the UFC, the UFC champion is, is, yeah. is the champion. You yeah. Know, I know there's Bellator and there's these yeah. other ones, but the top of the mountain yeah. is the UFC champion. Well, yeah. No, and I like that, and I like yeah. that, and it's really clear when they fight, right? Number one yeah. fights number two, and it's like a really clear pecking order. Yeah. Um, but what's frustrating, okay, what makes it even worse, and I think it's one in one of our first uh, you know, uh, 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 episodes that we did, it's just to make matters worse, It's and the WBA, of course, is infamous for this, is they throw all of their other bogus championships into the mix. Yeah. The interim. The gold, right? Um, even the WBC has what do they call the the? the oh gosh, they uh, have, they they have like the one that they gave Manny Pacquiao, right? The, the grand champion in place. Well, yeah, one of them has champion in recess. And champion and, in yeah, recess, yeah. right? I mean, look at 147. Okay, the 147 mm-hmm. pound WBA. Yeah, you've got Ordinas Ugas, Jamal James. You've got the WBA gold, Virgil Ortiz. And the champion in recess, Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm I'm looking at the heavyweight rankings, and just look at the WBA. You know, Anthony Joshua is listed as champion. Right. Manuel Char. Right. Trevor Bryan. Yep. Robert Hellenius. Right. Who that's, are those three guys? That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, yeah, no idea, <laughs> no idea. And, and remember, I was telling you that the the gold champion, they can name it. Just yeah, I could be the gold champion. You could be the gold champion. Mm-hmm. There's no criteria. For how the WBA even names these champions. The super champion, it's clear. If you have a belt from one of the other sanctioning bodies and you have a WBA belt, then you're the super champion. So, I I mean, say that just makes matters even worse, Mm -hmm. right? So, if you look at that, right, within one division, okay, there could be 12 champions in one division. Yeah, it's... Just based on 16 champions, even, the way they do it. I mean, look at the WBC. They have Tyson Fury and Dillian White. So, I mean, it's bad enough that we have the four sanctioning bodies. But even if the four sanctioning bodies, Rick, just stuck to one champion per weight division. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Even that would be, still would be confusing, Mm -hmm. but at least we'd know, right? And and you could have four champions at the most. That's it. Not 10. That's it. Four champ, Right, not 10. And then everybody claiming, you know, that's why yeah. they got the whole thing with, you know, Tefimo Lopez and Devin Haney going back and forth with the 135 pounds, mm-hmm. right? Because they have Devin Haney is listed um, as the WBC champion, and so is Tefimo Lopez. And then Tefimo Lopez was showing him, you know, the documentation and the certificate that shows, no, no, he's the real WBC yeah. champion. We all know it's Teofimo Lopez because he beat the guy, mm-hmm. but now you get into the lineal champion, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, the guy, the man who beat the man, and so yeah, it's it's, it's pretty screwed up with with these sanctioning bodies, um, and there's no way that they ever give them up, right? Because once they give them up, then it's going to remove their leverage, yeah, right for the for the sanctioning fees for fighters to pay if they want one of their belts. Right. So if they were to say, hey, you know what, uh, you know, we're going to say that the WBC is the de facto top belt. And then after that, it's, you know, it's it's kind of the silver, gold and bronze. Yeah. That uh, that wouldn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. 
because now, you know, fighters are going to say, okay, well, then your sanctioning fees has to be lower than the WBC, yeah. right? Because your belt is not, you know, the de facto real championship belt. Yeah. So there's no answer to it now. They need one sanctioning body, Rick. That's it. They need one governing body, just like the MLB, just like hockey, just like football. You know when that's going to happen, Rick? Never. That's exactly yeah. right. It's never going to happen. Here's what is going to happen, though, Rick. We're going to be back next week for a big round 10. Mm -hmm. I already got the fight picked out for round 10, Rick. It's a fight that I watched at the sports arena. I cried on the way home. It was that bad. <laughs> yeah, you probably know which one it is. It was their second fight. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about that next week, Rick. Okay. Pacific Can't Coast wait. Boxing. We will talk to everybody next week. See you next week, Rick. See you next week.